0: show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Matt Tempest. I'm standing in this week for Jack, Jack Thurston. And on tonight's show, Jack has done an interview with Alex St- Stredwick of Sustrans, the organisation that set up the National Cycle Network and what uh, the group is doing in London. And I've got a guest in the studio. His name's Darren Johnson. He's a green politician, a member of the London Assembly and a cyclist. And he has launched an investigation into the state of cycle paths, cycle lanes in the capital. Uh, Before we get on with the show, just uh, usual announcements. The first being that uh, a date for your diaries at the start of next month, the start of September. uh, The Bicycle Film Festival is coming to London for the first time in its five-year history. That's the second and third of September. There's around 20 short films, uh, including Still We Ride the story of the police clampdown on the critical mass uh, bike rides in New York you may have read about. There's been a lot of arrests in the last few months. Uh, For more details about that and to book tickets, go to the website, which is bikefilmfestival.com. But now here's Jack uh, with uh, uh, Alex Stredwick of Sustrans. Sustrans is the organisation responsible for building and maintaining the network of cycle routes up and down the country. Jack went to meet him and find out more about what Sustrans does in London.
1: Well, I've come to Barrington, which is the London office of Sustrans. The main office is in Bristol but there's a satellite office in London and I'm joining Alex Stredwick who works for Sustrans doing a number of different things. Um, Alex, we're going to go for a ride after work and you're going to show me some of the work that Sustrans does around London. Uh, Where are we going to go?
2: we are going to find National Cycle Network Route 1, which goes right from the north of England, and actually it goes to Scotland, in fact, and it goes down through England to the heart of London, down through the Isle of Dogs to Greenwich, then it takes a quick turn eastwards and goes all the way to Canterbury and Dover. So that's where we're going to head.
1: So we're going to try and catch up with it, um, sort of mile end around about there at Victoria Park. There's some really
2: interesting things on the route round there, so it'd be quite good to have a look at that.
1: Okay, well, I'll follow you.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, we've
0: just
1: ridden rush hour across some of the city and through Shoreditch and through past Bethnal Green. And we're now at the Regent's Canal in the corner of, is this Victoria Park? Yep. This is uh, one of the Sustrans routes. Um, as you were saying earlier, it goes all the way up to Scotland if you were to keep riding. And it uh, looks like there's quite a few people heading home. On their bikes at, uh, after work, uh, we're going to take a ride up north.
2: We can head south and um, go past the uh, the lovely Mile End Park, which with the Arts Pavilion and the uh, wind turbine, and go down towards the Isle of Dogs. There's some really nice um, little twists and turns around there, and quite swanky route through um, part of Docklands. Um, or we could go north through um, Hackney up on the um, the Lee Valley towpath which is quite nice in itself, lots of wildlife basically. Well I reckon the
1: uh, wind turbine in the Arts Pavilion gets my vote <laughs> so shall we head south?
2: Yep, let's do that
1: Well, what is this? This looks some, like some kind of piece of public art. And what do you think this is?
2: It's just a huge kind of buoy, really, isn't it? Boy, as in something bobbing around oh, in the I ocean. Think, I think it's one of those fishing, fishing uh, yeah, kind of yeah. fishing
1: float. doesn't look like you could sit on it. It looks like you might be able to slide down it or uh, do some skateboarding or something or some trick bike riding. Well, this is good. So do you think this has been put here uh, by some cycling and art conspiracy?
2: Um, could well be. It could be part of the Art and the Travelling Landscapes programme, which is um, Sustrans art programme, putting installations of art and things which relate to the local environment and the local community on the Sustrans cycle networks, which always makes your, your journey more interesting, basically. You can wonder why people have put these things here, what are they for?
1: Well, this is spectacular. Look at this. It's a genuine lily pond. Full of lilies with frogs singing, sat on top of the lilies, singing songs written by Paul McCartney.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a fantastic little ecology park here and we've got a wind turbine which um, provides the power for the ecology centre there. Um, It's got quite a nice community meeting spaces in there as well, which is quite good for this area. And this whole place used to be um, basically Victorian slums and it was cleared, I think, after the Second World War, after a lot of it was bombed anyway. And um, they built uh, Mile End Park, which has had a lot of um, investment, especially over the millennium, to make it into a rather super snazzy place for East Enders to hang out. And there's a rather fantastic green bridge going over the enormous Mile End Road and we can go down that way and have a look at that. It's, a, it's called the Green Bridge because it's got trees planted on it and so on. Um, it's actually yellow, <laughs> so... Um, it 's quite a landmark as you're as you 're going along the End road, you can see the whole park being um, basically the park was dissected by the road, but it 's been joined up by the green bridge
1: Great oh, look, I could stare at this turbine for quite a while
2: i 'm not sure whether it 's true whether it actually does provide the power, but it certainly looks like it could do <laughs> i'm not
1: sure that it provides that much power. <laughs> that it looks quite power. small but it 's symbolic it's, it's
2: symbolic, yeah, much like the the, the green bridge it 's symbolic and has some kind of use as well so.
1: It's amazing seeing this many kind of wild-looking plants and things growing in the centre of London. Well, we're continuing along the towpath, and it's strictly one abreast here as there's a steady stream of cyclists coming towards us, which is a good sign. All right, that was the first sign. A distinctive blue sign with a white bicycle, National Cycle Network, Route 1.
2: Those little signs are very kindly put on by the Sustrans Ranger Network of volunteers who patrol the routes from time to time to make sure that the signs are visible, there's no graffiti, they sweep up the glass and so on, so it's making the route basically maintaining the routes and providing much-needed much, much needed feedback about how, how they're being used.
1: How many, how many miles of routes are there in the National Cycle Network?
2: There's going to be 10,000 miles by the end of this year. That was, um, that was the aim when the Millennium Commission gave uh, a huge amount of money um, to Sustrans back in 1990, 1995, I think it was, and the aim was to get 10,000 done by 2005, and basically we're going to reach that target. Um, and there was 200 million trips made on the, on the National Cycle Network last year. And about 60% of those were utility cycling trips, people cycling to work. And 5% were kids cycling and walking to school.
1: And when did Sustrans uh, get founded?
2: It was founded in the 1970s, I think it was 1978, which was the same year the London Cycling Campaign was founded, but I might be wrong on that, but it was in the 70s as a response to the oil crisis, and a whole load of people in, um, in Bristol got together and, and thought, wouldn't it be great if we could really seriously promote cycling?
1: So Sustrans isn't a uh, government agency, it's a, yeah. it's a non-profit organisation?
2: Yeah, it's a charity, and you can support Sustrans, you can become a member, um,
1: How many members do you have?
2: Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember, actually.
1: But you could always do with more?
2: Could always do with more. I think it's 20,000 supporters, which is members and other supporters. I think businesses can join as well. I'm really sorry, I don't actually know a huge amount about membership.
1: Yeah, here we are, a kind of ghostly bandstand with no band in. I mean, I've, I very rarely see a band in a London bandstand.
2: Yeah, we should bring them back. We should start a campaign.
1: So this is now the uh, Green Bridge going over End Road. Fantastic. This is a bridge where there are things growing. It's covered in earth and there are some uh, rather sad-looking some silver birch things. trees. I don't know, what do you think the problem is? Not enough water?
2: I think there's not enough topsoil. I think when it rains, because the bridge is quite steep, it it washes the soil away. I think they could have used different species that needed less soil and were a bit hardier because it's quite windy up here. But the the principle of it is pretty good and some of the bushes are doing quite well, but I think they possibly could have chosen different trees, but never mind.
1: It's great, you get a nice view down onto the pandemonium below from the tranquillity above.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, it's quite interesting to look down at the traffic and see what an inefficient use of space all those cars are down there. You could, In the continent you'd see trams going up the middle of the road, you'd see massive cycle paths in Holland, you'd see maybe one or two lanes each of, of very very narrow for the actual motor traffic at, at, the, at the maximum. It'd be a much more efficient use of space if they could do that here. There's quite good bus lanes and a few cycle lanes, but they're just really not half as good as when you go on the continent and see best practice over there.
1: There is this ongoing debate, isn't there, about whether cyclists should be kind of segregated and kept in their own cycle lanes or whether it's actually a question of sharing the road and, and sharing the space and developing roads that allow cyclists to use the road but also everybody else to use the road. I mean, what's your view on that?
2: Well, Sustrans Cycle Network is a third completely off road, traffic free. And those are the sections which are most heavily used by people new to cycling. They don't want to be learning to get their confidence and getting their skills on an environment where they are very, very close to traffic. So that's where they're extremely popular. And also it's it's a safe environment for children to use. Um, The rest of the National Cycle Network is on quiet roads, um, or on the road but segregated from the traffic by some way, shape or form. Essentially, it's a bit of both, really. If we have good cycle training so people can learn to cycle confidently on the road and assertively, then that will do a long way towards integrating cyclists into the into the normal traffic. But it's a bit of both, really. There's lots of different users out there, and confident, lycra-clad cyclists who can keep up with the traffic and they're completely confident with their own abilities, then fine, use the road and intermixed with the traffic but for children and people not quite so confident we do definitely need some segregated facilities at least to introduce people to cycling who maybe you know haven't been cycling for years or haven't cycled before
1: and for conducting interviews while riding along in safety relative safety at least
2: yeah relative safety and also without having traffic blasting past at 40 miles an hour and nearly blowing you over like some of the lorries do around here but yeah there's definitely a good interview purpose for them
1: all right, let's go on, let's continue, shall we? Ah, look, the mighty River Thames. Thames looking as muddy and brown as ever. Oh. Now, what a, look at this, this is a fantastic is this kind of Limehouse Reach or something like that? Is that what this might be called?
2: Yeah, we are in the Limehouse area and there's some brilliant views of all the different buildings, all the higgledy-piggledy, hotchpotch of buildings by the river.
1: It's Most amazing.
2: Of, yeah, well, it's fantastic, actually. Most of them are pretty new, actually. but um, And, of course, you've got Canary Wharf and all its glass and all its steel and everything.
1: And there's a sky over there towards the west with these kind of big puffy clouds and a grey cloud just beneath the sun it looks like all that's missing is the kind of hand of God (laughs) reaching down to (laughs) To signify something
2: (laughs) definitely to bless all the cyclists in London that's great you can even see
1: the gherkin yeah, the the back end of the gherkin (laughs) looks pretty much the same as the front end
2: yeah, I think it looks the same all round, I'm not sure but um, I have a feeling it does
1: so while Sustrans is building these routes up and down the country, what, what different kind of work is it doing in London? Because obviously the challenges in London are a little bit different from um, you know, in the countryside.
2: Sustrans has lots of other programmes which are less to do with engineering and more to do with promoting cycling and walking and working with people. Um, one of those projects is Safe Routes to Schools, which is working with parents and teachers and children and local authorities to do school travel plans which enable more kids to walk and cycle to school and reduce car trips and also uh, safe links to schools which actually hasn't been taking place in London but elsewhere and it may well do in the future. Last year, the government gave Sustrans £10 million to build some links directly on routes towards schools coming off from the National Cycle Network. And
1: How about a bicycle that doesn't really need any maintenance and repair? Because that seems to be the holy grail. Because a lot of people kind of get put off, I think, by the idea of uh, having to you know, fix their punctures or re- sort out their gears or readjust their brakes. I mean, the queues at Bike Doctor, actually I thought was one of the negative things about Bike Fest in Trafalgar Square... Um, a couple of months ago because it just looked to the outside observer as if oh god if I ride a bike I'm just going to have to spend my whole time fixing it all the time.
2: That can be a problem and I think it does have quite a lot to do with the culture of cycling in this country it's very much emulating the American culture of mountain biking and you've got to have a really snazzy bike with you know 21 gears and all this kind of thing whereas on the continent particularly the classic cases of Denmark and Holland they're very utility bikes they've got three gears you know, there's not that many hills in London, really. Um, everything's enclosed, so, you know, the chain doesn't get so many problems. It's all nicely enclosed in a chain case. You've got far less maintenance issues, basically, and, and bikes tend to be of better quality as well.
1: Well, Alex and I are finishing our ride in the traditional manner <laughs> with a swift one in the grapes. This is overlooking the, the river, isn't it, at the back, but we're inside. Anyway, well, thanks for... Uh, sharing your ride around East London with me.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed the nooks and crannies of the East End
1: and come on the bike show again.
2: Thank you, hopefully I will. Chin
1: chin. chin, chin.
3: My name is Buffalo Bill and you're listening to the bike show on Resonance FM.
0: That was Jack talking and riding with Alex Stredwick from Sustrans, and I think some of the themes they were talking about we may well pick up in our discussion here. I've got a special guest in the studio. Uh, As I said earlier, he's a politician, and not just any politician but a Green politician and a politician who cycles. He's Darren Johnson. He's a Green member on the London Assembly. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Hi. And uh, your role on the Assembly uh, means that you, this month, have instigated a inquiry into cycling in the capital I mean not connected to the bombs but you know there has been a rise in the number of uh, two wheelers out there on the roads in the last month or two and I believe you're looking at the existing provision, the London cycle network, as it 's called Perhaps yeah
3: that 's right I mean this is something that had been planned um, a couple of months back, so it wasn 't in, in, in direct um, connection with the, uh, with the terrorist attacks on the, on the transport system. However, there is obviously increase in, um, in, in the amount of interest in uh, in cycling at the moment, so I think it 's quite a timely thing to be doing basically what i 'll be doing is looking at the um, progress on the London cycle network. Um, it was originally planned to be completed by the millennium, um, the year 2000, and then um, that, somehow it never got completed. Ken Livingston then got elected as mayor and promised to complete it by uh, 2004. Um, however, that didn't happen either. Um, it then got reviewed, and in a sort of Orwellian twist, um, they, they actually reduced the amount of uh, the network and then renamed it LCM+. Plus. I'm not quite sure whether what the plus means, given that they uh, <laughs> given that they reduced it. Anyway, there have been some real, real concerns from from cyclists that, that from my own experiences, from uh, Certainly, talking to lots of cyclists around the capital about the the quality of um, the cycle networks, the issues around signage. Uh, we need to ask the key questions: Is the London cycle network actually doing what it's supposed to be doing? Is it going to be delivered on time? Is the quality of the uh, of the network going to be sufficient to actually meet the needs of cyclists and meet the needs of potential cyclists? Because we you know, because we do want to get more people out there cycling.
0: Well, what's the philosophy behind it? Because as we heard jack talking about there and anyone who's cycled in london will know it it isn't a segregated cycle lane with its own transport infrastructure its own little traffic lights in the way that a lot of continental cities like berlin and amsterdam have where you know people really feel safe you see, you see them cycling without helmets without a care in the world on old bikes you know even drunk coming home from the pub because it's a sort of safe segregated system now from what I've seen in the capital, you know, you, ha- you need a map. It's a little bit here and there of green tarmac and a sign saying cyclist dismount. Is, is it some sort of halfway house? Oh, it's not a
3: consistent experience at all on the uh, on the London Cycle Network. Uh, some bits are fantastic and you do have um, some segregated routes and they're, you know, they're probably uh, sowing posted with their own uh, traffic lights and uh, and all the rest of it. However, others are absolutely appalling, a really tiny scrappy bit of road with a with just a painted line on it. And um, the worst thing that happens, uh, you get to a really difficult junction often and the, the, the network just disappears, the cycle path just disappears, the signs disappear, and you just abandon the most difficult, dangerous bits. Um, the idea of the, the London Cycle Network is to provide a, a safe, secure network of routes around the uh, the, the capital... However, there is a balance to be struck because um obviously it's very enjoyable, particularly you know in terms of leisure and i've had some time off in in august i've been cycling along the Thames at, um cycle both east and uh, and west in the in, in the in the past week or so um, but um as well as um, the, the the sort of uh, routes away from the uh, fr- from the, the the busy streets, cyclists do actually need to go to the high streets, the main roads, to get to work and and so on. So there is a balance to be struck between actually taking cyclists out of the uh, the, the main roads and also making sure that the main roads actually have um, safe cycle routes on them as well. So what I'm really keen to do is just get the views of uh, of cyclists, um, their experiences. of of um, cycling in London, their experience of the London Cycle Network and um, certainly if people listening to this show want to uh, email me any comments and they can be fed into the uh, investigation that I'm doing uh, email me at darren.johnson at london.gov.uk and I'd be really pleased to uh, hear any comments. Well, I'm not
0: sure what you've let yourself in there for <laughs> 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 I think your inbox will be over flooding, I mean we've all got our nightmare stories about little patches that throw you out onto a roundabout or advanced stop boxes where you in the left-hand lane and realise there's actually a green left filter I mean these things in my opinion often seem designed by uh non-cyclists to put it charitably they seem to be things that some of the borough councils like to um Splash a bit of green paint around in order that they can put it on a leaflet and say that you know they tick that box. And oh yeah,
3: it, it's hopelessly inconsistent, and um, the, the quality in a lot of places is is really poor and often downright dangerous as well. Um, however, what I'm not doing is a sort of um, sort of um, inch by inch sort of review of the whole network. It's only going to take place over the over the summer this this scrutiny. So basically, what I want is is general trends, and so um, you know. People people's general experiences or general comments about whether it's on signage or surfacing or safety issues or whatever. I just, I just want to be able to pick sure. up the general trends.
0: Sure. I mean, have you got any idea what's behind the delays you were mentioning, the 2000 2004, 2005? I and mean, what's the budget like on the assembly for cycling? The
3: budget... After being, I think, pathetically low for the first few years, the budget has now started to um, to increase. There was um, uh, there was a um, a forty percent increase in the cycle bud- cycling budget over the um, over the last twelve months. So that's that's a big increase. I, mean, I must say that's partly. Um, due to the fact now that um, the, the Greens, um, because Labour lost seats in the uh, last Assembly elections, the Greens now hold the balance of power when it comes to the vote on the budget. So um, uh, Ken Livingstone needs at least a third of the members of the Assembly to, um, to support his budget, as we're no longer a third of the members are uh, Labour. He's basically reliant on, uh, on our votes, and we've told him straight <laughs> unless you know, we see more money going into cycling as well as into lots of other Green initiatives as well. Then uh, his budget. Uh, we just told him straight that his budget wasn't going to get through. So right. we did see quite a, a healthy increase in the cycle, cycling budget. But I, I, I still think that. I mean, there are problems with um, with coordination. Some boroughs have a completely sort of Neanderthal approach to um, to cycling. Others want to do the PR, but you know, not necessarily really delivering. So there's um, the, there's inconsistency in the approach. I think that's been that's been a problem for you know holding the, the whole project back. And I just thing, it's just not really made it to the, you know, real top of the uh, the transport well, agenda and potentially it should be because it's so cheap so cost effective so environmentally friendly it really is the answer We, you know the, the numbers of people cycling in London whilst we've seen a big big increase I think it's nearly 70% increase in the number of people cycling over the past five years and a lot of that down to introduction of congestion charging and, and so on um, and while we've seen a big increase it's still pathetically low compared to other cities such as uh, in Germany and, uh, sure. and France and so on.
0: Well I mean you work closely with the mayor i mean ken seems to have proved some of his anti-car credentials with bringing in the congestion charge and then upping it and doubling the zone he seems to be thinking on the right tracks about the use of car space in uh, inner cities what's your impression of ken's personal uh, credentials about cycling
3: I mean, I think he's, he's very keen to, um, to to promote it. I mean, sadly, I don't think it, certainly in the first term that he put the money into it that was uh, that was needed to, um, to, to to really deliver. I think it's getting higher up his agenda now. Problem is, Ken is not a cyclist himself. He says he has problems with his uh, with his sense of balance, and uh, he hasn't been on the bike since he was a kid. He says.
0: So, mm. uh, you know, I'm going to do It take- would
3: be a, a bit. You know, if we had a cycling mayor, it maybe Maybe one, could, day, uh, maybe one day, maybe one
0: day. I'm just going to take a little musical interlude and we'll come back. I'll give that email address for Darren again if you want to comment or help him out with the inquiry the Assembly's doing on the London Cycle Network. Just time for a, a quick musical uh, break, though. This is a um, song by David Byrne. Uh, this was a song recorded in Glasgow as the former Talking Heads frontman uh, cycled around the city last year. And it's called... Uh, Tiny Apocalypse. The t shirt, but still don't understand. Coming home with a little apocalypse. It comes now. Do you have time for this? A three tone carpet and a Jackie Chan spear. Looking at a header and a belly full of beer. Well, I If you want to read a fascinating blog about uh, an artist who uses his cycling for a creative, uh, partly as his creative muse, I'd recommend DavidBurn.com. That album uh, came out last year. I've got Darren still in the studio with me. Um, The sad thing about the uh, assembly and the inquiry you mentioned, uh, at the end of the day, there's no statutory powers. I mean, this is a fact-finding mission. Um, basically, it
3: is a, a fact-finding mission, although it's a fairly cheap one compared to some of the fact-finding missions that politicians go on in the middle of August, usually. So, uh, you know, at least I'm only going to be cycling around <laughs> London and uh, having having a few meetings. Now, unfortunately, the um, the Assembly, apart from uh, on that uh, crucial vote on the budget, which we get to vote on once a year, the Assembly can basically only make uh, recommendations. However, I am keen to, um, to see that we do a real really worthwhile report and um I think if, if it does represent the views of a wide cross-section of people who've fed in evidence to us, well, TFL and tr- Darren.johnson at london.gov.uk really is a chance for people to um, to, to air their, their views, well, feed go. them into the uh, investigation, and hopefully the Mayor and Transport for London and the London Boroughs will sit up and take notice. Well, Thanks very much
0: for coming into the show tonight. Uh, next week's the last show in the current season of The Bike Show, uh, it features a ride through the Kent countryside with Jack and the writer and wilderness guru Daniel Start. Uh, but from me, good night.